Hello, welcome back to another week of the European Tour Picks and Bets. Skylar Hoke here with you. Tom Jacobs, how are we doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm feeling fresh. I've uh, I've had the evening off, so I've just been, uh, you know, carefully waiting for you guys. And uh, yeah, here we go. Congratulations so- on your big win yesterday. Um, not Euro Tour related, of course, but uh, still, money's money, right? It's true. Uh, open championship. So it had a little Euro flavor to it. You know, the ladies uh, went well yesterday. That was, in my opinion, the event of the week. Or, I mean, ongoing right now, the Northern Trust finish where, um, you know, we have Rom being chased by Cam and Tony Finau. But man, the Sunday at uh, Carnoustie was quite electric. So enjoyed seeing that one and thankfully had the right combination. Um, so that was a fun one. Uh, last week on the European tour was something where I was nowhere near the leaderboard. However, it just felt that we had the right process. It was bombers. It was those that do well, excel off the tee that ended up being right in the mix, one, two, three, but ultimately not the guys we selected. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Kreuzwick was there. He was close, wasn't he? You know, inside seventh place. And um, Daniel Young, I mean, like, he he just he kept getting himself in spaces. And, you know, he was a thousand to one over here. So I was getting quite excited. Uh, back to him play again at 250 to one. I was like, come on, you can do it. Like, he'd get up there and then he just double bogey. Get up there, double bogey. Schwan Kim was the same. And it was like, it just kept happening. And and it was, I think it was a really good golf course, actually. I think I was really, really impressed. And you, you kind of see the finish. Um, the bat nine was pretty electric. I mean, at one point it was a four-way side for the lead. Henrik Stenson got himself into there with a monster putt. Um, you know, the, the lead kept changing hands. And there'll be a lot of focus on Tapio Paul Cannon throwing it away. And, you know, rightly so. But all I would say um, is that that's kind of the first time he's really been in that kind of position at this level. You know, he's been around for a long time, over 100 tournaments, but or 90 tournaments, I think it is. But... This is the first real time it's actually been his to lose. Like he had the lead overnight. He had a chance to win going into the last two holes and he goes bogey, double bogey. Um, And that can happen to anyone, right? That that could literally happen to the best player in the world. It does happen to the best player in the world quite often. Mm -hmm. Um, And Johannes Fehrman just, you know, had the opportunity to par in. So will he get a chance to par in the next time he wins the tournament? Probably not. Um, So yeah, it it was, it was pretty exciting. Um, Tough to see for Paul Cannon backers, I guess. Um, we weren't one of those, so it wasn't wasn't a major issue for me. Um, but it was cool. It was really cool. Like a lot of lead changes. Uh, like you say, I think we had the right formula, just not the right players. So I think that's going to be a similar theme this week with hopefully different results. Yes. Amen. Amen. And it was. Um... I really like Sean Crocker too. You know, I think Crocker will talk about today, the way he strikes the ball is perfect setup for the course. You hope that putting turns. I mean, Vierma is somebody we've been rooting on and cheering for stateside here. I mean, that leaderboard was littered yeah. for sure. That, that, lit, that was three of them, three of the top four that were Americans, mm. right? And uh, Vierman Crocker and Paul Peterson, who played well too. Um, so that was interesting, but you also talk about the 18 hole mishaps, um, or kind of down the stretch. We saw it in three different events and we might see it again at Northern trust here. It could be a four for four. You know, you see that Tapio struggle down the stretch there. You see, uh, Madsen score one out of the bunker on 18, um, leaving it up, you know, for an easy par for Norquist. And then unfortunately, I guess in one sense, Aaron Rye didn't capitalize on the corn Ferry tour for a victory, but we have three of our young European tour guys that have now locked up cards, um, for, you know, the next year on the PGA tour in Aaron Rye, Matthias Schwab, and our guy, Lucas Herbert. 
Yeah, I mean, how much money are people going to leave on Matthias Schwab this year? I mean, just chucking it away every time he sits there in fifth in approach and tenth in deriving or whatever. But uh, no, in all seriousness, you know, it's great to see those three guys get the PJ Tour cars. I felt like yes. Lucas Herbert, we kind of penciled in as, as someone that was going to do that anyway. But certainly a big bonus for Aaron Ryan and Schwab there. Um, and, you know, and there's a couple of chances coming up now for other guys to do it as well. Tom Lewis was up there, um, as he has done in the past as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's been a really exciting time and, and as we said last week and, and i've kind of pointed out in, in tweets and stuff over the over last week or so is the european tour schedule now is 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 hot from now on you know we've got some really good events coming up right before the Ryder cup um and after as well so it's a really good time to be to be into the european tour side of things yep amen and i think that's a perfect segue into the omega european masters arguably the greatest views on the european oh. tour grand sorcery is just beautiful yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, a bit like a uh, Crancercier. It's, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I put it on a T for you. Um, I was waiting there. So, yeah, you know, pronunciations, when they get these hyphens in the course name, you know, that's just a little too much for, much for me. But I feel like it's tomato, tomato. It's all the same thing. Isn't it? <laughs> yes. So um, it's, it's one of the courses played at severe elevation, one that I guess I would say has been capitalized in multiple type of um, – I guess course fits or way you're you're attacking it. We've seen a playoff with Andres Romero and Rory McElroy in the same five-man playoff, you know, with Sebastian Soderberg and Callie Samoya, who all have different styles of games, I feel yeah. like. Um, we've seen Matthew Fitzpatrick be a two-time winner here. So I think maybe the best recipe would probably be some some good wedges and a really good short game for the week if you had to, to dial it in. But also some of the bombers or really, really good ball strikers have struck it well enough to put themselves in contention. If they can putt, you do have to putt it here. Not like last week in the sense where you could be in the top three and lose strokes on the green like Sean Crocker did. Um, he legit had one of the best ball striking performances of the entire year uh last week unfortunately just did not cooperate on the putter but um you know that's kind of my initial look so it does leave kind of a long list of golfers that are intrigued on it wasn't easy to to narrow it down into six selections i mean you sent me a long list earlier i sent you a longer list um and and just said the words help and you know it's, it's interesting you say about the passing because for me i kind of looked in look back at the, the last couple of years and felt like you didn't necessarily have to put lights out to win it. You you could kind of contend. I think the winners eventually did because of their putting was a difference. And I think there's a lot of pass saves and putting saves. And you'll gain strokes just through those because I think a lot of people have missed these small greens. Um, and like you said, I actually think around the green would actually be quite a bit more important this week and um, because the greens are so small. But like you say, that there is no real course fit. I'd say there's a couple of correlating courses in terms of Kenya um it is somewhere that everyone kind of looks at um hong kong as well that there, there's some pointers there you know you, you look at the winners list i think lorenzo gagley uh has played well in kenya samoy has played well in kenya uh scott hend has played well there and hong kong uh he's a he's a winner over there so is wade ormsby it's patrick is second in hong kong so there, there's a there's a lot of pointers there and you, and you can go through the list and miguel angel jimenez is a multiple winner of both so it's not much winner, but he's played well at both. And you know, there is there is those kind of pointers, but I do think anyone can turn up. Like Adrian Alves played really well in his debut. Kelly Samoy played really well in his debut. Uh, a guy that I'm going to take off from first is making his debut. 
Rory McIlroy has played very, very well here. Who you wouldn't you wouldn't compare to a Richie Ramsey, for example. You know, they're just there's such different spectrums, and it has changed. The course has changed quite dramatically over the last sort of four or five years uh, with renovations and stuff. So I would say that you do need to kind of look at more recent results as opposed to the whole form as a whole, because people like Bradley Dredge is someone that made my shortlist. And then when you look, he's been pretty bad here for the last few years. So try not to get too caught up in old form, or you'll end up back in him then. So, um, yeah, enough, kind of enough rambling there. I think, like you say, just to, to kind of really stick up your point that anyone can win this week in terms of fit. Yep, 100%. And I guess that kind of leans on a price value standpoint and, and where you end up backing guys relative to where they're priced at. Um, and this field is interesting because we see the odds on favorite be 25 to one. I guess odds on is the wrong word to use there. The lowest odds, the favorite in the field would be 25 to one. Burned Weisberger, which we saw him as a favorite not too long ago. I think 16s, 18s. Um, so we see a stronger field in the sense of more quantity of, of decent golfers, um, but you know, a little bit deeper when it comes to those top guys, which is nice. That's fun to um, see. So, um, you know, for me, I'm going to wait till the thirties to make my selection, but I know you said Weisberger was kind of somebody that stuck out a little bit to you, even at that number. Yeah. I mean, look, he doesn't play the course as well as you'd expect, um, but he has, he has got a top 10 finish here. His irons are, are great. His short game is good when he's on form. Um, and he's, you know, he's one of the most reliable players in this field. So I was kind of surprised to see him as a, as a 25 to one favorite early on. Um, you know, at first I kind of thought he was going to be kind of 16, 18 to one again, and and that would have been absolutely fine. I wouldn't have bet him. And I decided still not to bet him because I think even in this fine run of form where he's been hitting the irons really, really well, he hasn't got the job done since that earlier victory. So, um, and he's done a lot of winning over the past couple of years again. So, eventually you have to sort of draw a line. Um, so my first selection came with kind of Justin Harding and he's kind of been backed into a, a shorter price. I mean, I think he's sort of opened up at kind of 35 and 40 to one in places. Um, and he's, he's gone down to kind of like 28 and 33s, but I still really like him. Like he, he's just been ultra reliable. I mean, I kind of put it up a couple of times this season. Um, he's won in Kenya and he could have won the following week. If you remember when they were back to back on that golf course, he had two chances there. He's also been second. Um, so although he hasn't played the golf course, it, it, he went to Valderrama last year, which is a notoriously difficult golf course, which is a massive course course uh, event and finished tied third in his debut. If he can do similar here, which demands a similar kind of skill set, and there is crossover in form, I think that he could be a, a really good chance. Yeah, and I, I guess ultimately I think I ended up, there's three of them to me that kind of stood out in this shorter range with, I guess, correlative courses. Um and trending-ish forms. Harding is absolutely one. I think Cali Samoya was going to be somebody who's going to check a lot of boxes for a lot of people. Really good Tita Green is last time out. Um, you know, somebody who obviously snuck into that playoff last time we saw this course um, and just a little bit longer than what you'd anticipate kind of in that awkward range. Um, but I think it's pretty inevitable who my selection is going to be. And Tom, you've uh, led me in quite properly. You mentioned Karen Country Club. Do you, do you recall who won at that golf course? Uh, just this, it's a tough, you know, guess. Um, you know, he's back in the field after a little while now. He is uh, the Italian stallion and it's, uh, it is, it's Guido Migliozzi. And I can't put you off. I, I cannot do it. I mean, I don't know why I try and do it because it wouldn't happen anyway. Um, you know, I, I could have put a PSA out 
earlier on Twitter and said Sky's going to pick Guido Migliozzi. Um, but, you know, it's for good reason, right? Yeah, it's, you know, we haven't seen him since the Olympics, you know, and he kind of teetered into the Olympics off of that miscut on the number at the Open Championship after a strong run of recent golf. Um, yeah, it is, I guess, the corollaries to it, the formulating of his game, which has been a really tidy short game um, recently, which is, you know, strong and what's needed here, like we mentioned. It does seem like, again, 35 to 1, I think, is the best number I've seen. If you just kind of, Ultimately, you know, you could probably pick two of those three. I mean, if you want to go really heavy in the range, similar to how we bet our cards last week, I, I really like all those three. Um, so it's it's just kind of picking, um, you know, kind of straws for me. But ultimately, you know, Guido always has a neck above the rest of the field when it comes to my betting cards. So I do think it's going to be nice to see him back. And next week is a big one for him um, being the Italian open. So we got to find some form here, Guido, because that is the Ryder cup course next week. So um, let's get and going it, with it. And there is a concern that he kind of has one eye on next week, but I think that's a little bit of a, not a lazy narrative, but it's kind of like easy to suggest, like if he plays a little bit poorer than we expected this week, it's going to be like, right, he's ready for next week. Whereas yeah. if he plays really well, he's galvanized by next week. He wants to find form. So it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Like he, you know, he's got that win at Kenya. He's had a 12th in Kenya as well. And he's got that top six at Valderrama where you wouldn't necessarily expect him to succeed. Like, so if that's any pointer to it, like I, I kind of suggested with Harding, then that's, uh, I'm only going to encourage you further. So uh, yeah, there's going to be some losing someone at, you know, 5,000 bucks on uh, Guido McCarthy. <laughs> Hey, it's fair, man. It's just part of a donation. You know, he'll win it back for us at the end of the year. We'll be there with these. We're already in the green. We're plenty in the green this year. So uh, ready for him to, to get a nice W with it. Um, but you you roll into the mid-range here here next. Um, and I guess one golfer, we I want to make sure he's not priced up in a lot of the odds boards, but I haven't seen an official withdraw. Is Eric Van Royen going to be playing this week? I can't imagine he makes it over in time. Uh, well, if he keeps doing what he's doing in the final round here, then he might get on an earlier flight. But uh, no, I think I think it's probably safe to pull him out. But he would be a he would be a great selection if he can somehow make his way over. Yeah, DraftKings did put him as the highest priced golfer for the week. Um, so you know, I I don't expect it to uh, be there. But if I do remember correctly, when Rory came and played in the playoff, it might have been a Monday finish, or he was in the thick of it. And it might have even won the week before he came over there and like got in on like Tuesday afternoon and showed up and, and somehow still played incredibly well, like Rory did that entire year. But um, let's transition to the mid-range. We've mentioned Sean Crocker off the top. We mentioned that ball striking. I think you are willing to go back to the well with the young American. I'm going to do it. And it's going to be contradictory to what you said at the start about being important to part. I, I personally think you can at least contend back to back with with a, not a bad putting week because no one wins golf events with a bad putting week. But, you know, I think he, if he can, he was first tiff, I think, around the greens last week, but he gained over 10 strokes with his eyes last week and he was tee to green, which was just immaculate, fifth off the tee. Um, you know, and this is, you know, this this is not new. Like, this is what Sean Crocker does. Like, if his caddy putted for him, he would win. So, you know, it, it's, it's not like it's going to, it suddenly flicks a switch and we should all be betting on him. It's it's believing in the ability that he can do it. Veerman won last week. Do, do you buy into the uh, inspiration side of things? Maybe. But but more importantly, I, I do think eventually his passing is going to like Sam Horsfield talks about, I think you mentioned it previously before on, on a Q&A, he kind of said that Sean Crocker is the best ball striker he's ever seen, which is 
a ridiculous statement considering some of the players that he would have played with. So, you know, eventually these guys have got to figure it out. I think that, yes, there was a really good experience. Well, he made four birdies in a row, I think it was, between yep. nine and uh, nine and 12. Um, you know, right in the heat of the battle, took the lead, uh, eventually fell away. But, you know, I, I think that he would have taken huge confidence from that. Um, and I'm willing just to see if it lasts one more week. He had a top 10, I think it was, uh, in Hong Kong, which is a, is a correlative course. So, yeah, I like his chances. Yeah, I think that's the best Sunday I can remember from Crocker. You know, didn't lose it, didn't blow up, didn't, you know, he played well, just didn't make the putts that you really needed to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, his ball striking, I mean, he was a full four strokes better than anyone else, I think, in the field who's teeing it up this week. I mean, he was just incredible from that standpoint. Um, when it gets to my card, I think this area is a little different. Um, I guess there's one, I think there's one big misprice and there's another golfer I think is trending. One, I'd rather just knock out while the price, I want, he's probably got a sea of blue next to his name because we mentioned our friend Ben Coley, um, who's also on this golfer and, and on a hot run. Um, oh, I, I struggle with this one. Kruwich? Kruwich? Yaks? I call him Yaks Kruisevic, and I have no idea if that's correct <laughs> or not. So let's just go with yours because then you could be wrong. Okay. Well, I always, you know, think about him and, and Darren Fickard. Um, or however Jason wants to show that. Have a good week off, Jason. Um, But um, if you look at Yach's recent form or Jock's recent form, I mean, a seventh, 11th, and a 10th, you know, not, these last three events have been better than some of the, you know, Canary Islands ones where we saw um, some some lower talent really contend for victory. But, um, you know, in my opinion, those three, finishes in a row, what he's done from a strokes gain total perspective, leading the European tour in it. He's just not deserving of a 66 to one in this field. He's doing everything from a T to green standpoint. He's been just fine, primarily with the irons. And then you mix that with a decent short game, a really good putter, um, you know, kind of combining around the green short game, you know, he's still up there in this field. Um, it's just kind of a perfect, I think, balance of it with a phenomenal number. I mean, that stood out like a sore thumb in my opinion. I think last week, didn't we? I mean, I, I did ultimately select him, but I was very was much... 28. On, yeah, the price was on the edge, and, and I think that kind of put you off, and it put a lot of other people off, but I kind of stuck with him because I believe that the improvement has been so much that it's kind of been not underrated, but just missed a little bit. And now I think it's gone the other way. You've got a couple of really big players in the mix, and suddenly you can't win again. And it's like, this this range is actually really, really exciting. I mean... I think your Kroisovic is, I mean, we were say he's a leader in the scoring average on European tour. He, he's just all round brilliant at most things, um, or at least steady in all areas, which is something you want for this area of the game. But this area, I mean, you've got Masahiro Kawamura, who should, you know, I think he's played Hong Kong well before. Um, Mike Lorenzo Vera, I don't know if he's pulled out. He seems to be dropped off some of the boards, but he um, is playing some good golf. Um, well, especially at this golf course, he plays some good golf. He hasn't played great golf recently, but but this area is is a really kind of. I, I looked at Marcus Armitage, who's twentieth here on day two. Yep. It's a really tough range. I think on DraftKings, this is where you can differentiate yourself with a lot of names: Jimmy Donaldson, um, John Catlin. I think could go well here, yep. although I don't really have the evidence to suggest that would happen. Um, I would be wary on Henrik Stenson because I I thought Henrik Stenson was a really good bet last week. Didn't ultimately go for him because I didn't think he could do it the way that how far he's been off. And luckily, thank God he lost. Um, 
But then when I looked at, I mean, I put, put the newsletter out this morning and you looked at his statistics and it was all powered by short game. Like mm-hmm. he made, I think he made six strokes on the green. So, you know, the ball striking still wasn't there. And if ball striking Henry Stenson comes back, then the rest of the field's got to kind of worry. But that was his first top 10 since uh, winning the Hero World Challenge in 2019. You've got to go back to this time two years ago in 2019 for the last time he actually made an official top 10. So that is a hell of a slump. Yeah, 100%. That's that's good. And I think it's a strong plug actually as well for you um, on your newsletter that you're launching. Give us a little overview of what you're going to be doing. Yeah, so what I want to do is kind of have, uh, as, you know, because we don't, we don't want to spend the whole of this show recapping what happened last week. And I think for me, it's kind of nice to just put a, a short summary of what happened, maybe just on the Saturday and Sunday, because I think what ultimately what happens on Thursday and Friday isn't the biggest thing. And I just put the top 10 in each strokes game statistic. Um, I put a few winners and losers. So for last week, for example, I put Sam Horsfield in the losers category. Felt really harsh, but it felt like he's just given away another Friday. Um, you know, and was poor on the Sunday, you know, in contention as well, four strokes back. So just little things like that. It just gives me a, a time to point out who I think is trending. Um, and, and the name that we're both going to be on this week um, was in that list. Um, so I think we'll go on and talk about him. Yeah, James Morrison um, would be would be that name. And, and Morrison, I think, makes his hay um, really being a phenomenal putter. Um, you know, that short game that he carries is something that's top 25 percentile, I would say, if not higher in this field. Um, if you look at it kind of stretching out from a, a longer, I always get him mixed up with Jonathan Caldwell is the one that just maybe the Jays kind of get me, but both of them actually have really good short games. Um, I mean, if you look at him from a, you know, around the green strokes game putting Morrison is averaging right about a half a stroke per round being gained and back-to-back events. He has been ball striking incredibly well. So that's kind of the combination that I love to see. Um, you know, you look at it, T to green, he was 2.27 at the kazoo, 2.4 at the hero. If you look at the ball striking specifically 1.75 and 1.93 per round on those numbers, second place finish being the best finish of those two weeks. But yeah, I think that's a perfect combination, a trending ball striker. Who's a really, really good short game specialist um it's like the best of both worlds you find him at a decent number 60s maybe you get a little bit longer um but yeah i think it's something where you can take advantage of his trending game and um kind of hopefully hit the box well the thing is for me as well which i really like is everything you just said right is that when you see a player like him who is a multiple tour winner you know he's been around for a long time but he has won multiple times in the european tour um starts to ball strike as well as his key area of the game which is a short game you know, a bit like when we talked about Schwan Kim when he started ball striking, eventually it didn't lead to a win, but I think Morrison is more built to, to take advantage of it, whereas Schwan Kim's still got things to figure out. Um, but he's inconsistent over his career, but when he gets in the hunt, I think he's really, really good. You know, he was actually pretty unfortunate not to win the Hero Open in the end. You know, he, he made a real late charge. Um, the 13th of the following week was a big pick up, but you can go back to the third at the Scandinavian Mix, 17th for the Irish Open was a big finish as well. 21st at British Masters. He's been very solid for, you know, two or three months now. Um, and that's a, that's a long time to sustain form on the European Tour. And, and when I looked at his course form, you looked at the first four times he came to the golf course, he missed a cut. The next five times he's made every cut. And his best finish was tied 18th. But the thing I like to look at, as, as we've said before, is going sort of round by round. And when you look... He's been in and around the top 10 quite a lot. You know, I think he's only been in the top sort of five once, maybe after a round, but he's just been hovering around that top 10 mark, you know, and 
eventually, if he comes into the way that he's playing this week, which is not usual for him to be peaking at this time of year, um, that I think is, is really just a great combination. I think, you know, he's an amazing place finish here. Loves Valderrama in Spain. He's played very, very well in, in general. He plays sort of like the Wentworth. He's played well. He's a top 10. Um, so everything, you know, 11th and 7th his last two weeks in the Strokes game approach. Just really, really like everything James Morris was doing. 100%. 100%. I agree with you on that. Um, if you are more of a listener via audio podcast version, make sure you take the time to subscribe to us on Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix. You can find our show as well as the plethora of shows across Mayo Media Network, who um, covers just about any sport under the sun, especially as we're gearing up for football season right now. Um, you know, it's a perfect time to make sure you subscribe and give us a review on there. I am looking over the PGA leaderboard over my shoulder here, and Tony Finau has found himself in the lead. I believe he might even be solo. Did Ron birdie or is it? Yeah. So, or bogey, Ron bogey. So Tony is solo at 20 under here. I'll I'm, pick I'm, up trying, I'm trying not to go. Yes. But it's, well, it is happening. And you know, when you get that big, exciting, it's happening gif. it is yes. happening. So yes. um, let's not, let's not rush things, but I'm, I may be just maybe this is good luck. Maybe good luck maybe. here for us. Yeah. Um, I have a trio of bets at a hundred to one. For me, so I think we're gonna kind of run through these ones, and then we'll do our DraftKings hot or not, in or out, you know, kind of style um, for what we're gonna be playing this week. Um, for me, the first one that I will be selecting uh, is somebody who lost out in the playoff, Matthew Fitzpatrick, here two times ago when it was played this event. Um, a golfer I refer to as the Man Rocket actually is kind of my original name for him because he's got a stunning jaw. He's a good-looking gentleman, and he's found his form recently. Lucas Biergaard might be back. You were early on him, Tom. You were kind of watching that form coming. I think his game actually recently has evolved into taking advantage around the green is especially his putter has carried these finishes recently, but he's somebody I think that if you – look beyond what has just been the results. His name has flashed on leaderboards often around the last probably six weeks, I would dare say. Um, you know, if we kind of look into what the old prototypical Lucas Biergaard was, he was made for this course where he could really, really strike it. He was one of those that, you know, attacked this course better than anybody else and was able to do it without the, the putter cooperating and ultimately just fell short by a stroke, but hundreds to one still on him. His off the tee is really what's hindered him. But I think this might be a week where it's not something you really have to be all that exceptional off the tee. It's approach around the green strokes game, putting kind of combined and Biergaard has been one of the better ones in those three statistics recently. And I actually think because, you know, Biergaard is at that, you know, you said we've got two ends of the spectrum. We had like the Roy McIlroy and the Romero that you made kind of the point of, and, and he'd very much be at the Roy McIlroy side of things, Sam Horsford side of the Howard Swiss out of golf course. But it may benefit him to, to rein it in. And, you know, his driver is off the world at times at the moment, which is what's been kind of really holding him back. But what I've really liked about it, yes, he's got a, that ninth place finish and then the, the playoff loss to Matthew Fitzpatrick. But he was 28th here in 2019 when he was really, really out of sorts. And, you know, he was 12th after the first and second round uh, and, you know, lost it a little bit over the weekend. But it just goes to show to me there's just a massive amount of comfortability. And, and like you say, he's just, he is building a bit of a game around the greens and, and his wedge game's good. You know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's really, really good. So, you know, you don't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tiger Woods in match play if you can't, you can't do things. So 
yeah i mean like you say i, I was fairly early and i think it was i think what helped is that there was no uh strokes gain data at that isps hander so it, yep. it was kind of hidden from people and you had to guess i was virtually guessing on what he'd done that week and hoping it was it wasn't just you know luck um so yeah i think he is back and i think that 100 to 1 is generous yeah I, I agree i was very pleasantly surprised with that number um next one would be i think yeah we're both on the golfer here yeah i think we'll we'll go to the next one we'll go to um another i guess correlation in some success for Shubanka sharma sharma recently um i guess over the years who has played well in hong kong played well at elevation played pretty trending golf right now um sell us on sharma yeah i mean look he he is he's just he's, everything that we want to see in a golfer is just he's trending in like morrison he's just trending in the right directions in both departments like his actual current form i think it's 32nd 30th 16th 9th so that's a that's a great progress and um, 4th 12th and 13th in strokes gain approaches last three as well um did miss the cut on his only visit here but i think that's enough to kind of keep his price out to where we want it to be I think if he'd have had a top 20, maybe 66 to 1, 80 to 1. Um, so I think that really helps us. But the way he's hitting his irons is kind of, I don't even know if it's, you may be able to tell me, it's pretty better than what it was at when he was really coming to the forefront of, you know, his very best things when he was playing well in WGC and things like that. I think that it's probably one of the best runs of his irons ever. And he's kind of put that together with his, uh, off the tee as well. So we, we know what this guy is. You know, he's won the Maybank Championship. He's won Joburg Open, which is another kind of course that links to this. He's played one in WGC's top 10 there. Um, seventh in some, you know, some big events on the European tour, you know, Italian Open, Airlines Open, Turkish Airlines Open, CIMP Classic. Um, and they say that those two big finishes at the Hong Kong Open, 17th at Wentworth. When he's at his game, he is, uh, he's a big contender. It's been a while now since that kind of first took off for him in, in 17 and 18, but you know, it looks like it's returning. Yeah, four straight events, ball striking, gaining at least a stroke per round. And like you said, those those finishes are continuing to trend up. And he, he's built for the moment because he's been there more than, than a lot of golfers in this range. Um, so excited for him. I will go into my last selection. And you mentioned golfer when comparison, comparing to James Morrison, somebody who has a long tracker, track record of a short game success, especially recently, but the rest of the game hasn't followed suit for Schwan Kim. We're going back. I think 100 to 1 for, if I had to build somebody who is the Andres Romero type of that playoff, of kind of the build where built on short game, but even Romero now, when he kind of tees up at times, he still finds a good amount of birdies. He just has that in his bag of tricks. And nobody has been better from a weighted birdie or better rate over the last five weeks than Schwan Kim. I mean, he is literally, you know, making enough birdies to win events. He's obviously making enough mistakes to not even sniff the, the places, you know, realistically all that much. So, you know, that's why we're getting a number on him. But again, everything has been driven from the short game. However, what really, I guess, hurts him more than anything is his off the tee is, is just not spectacular. And if we're looking at what strokes gain category we mentioned would be okay, kind of not having the best in your bag would be the off the tee metric for the week. So I, I couldn't leave out Schwan when I really narrowed it down because he kind of fits that same mold of a lot of these guys we're selecting and the number is still generous. Yeah, and I think, like you say, I mean, it's exactly the same situation with, with Jets Krojcevic was, 
Yeah, he was 28 to 1 last week, 66 or 60 to 1 this week. Shuang Kim was 50 to 1, now 100 to 1. I picked both those players last week and I've, I have hopped off, but because I know you're going for them and you're going to mention them, it's kind of, I didn't feel so bad, right? The, the view isn't going to hear the same things and it'd be redundant to keep going over the same things. But, you know, you, you say that it's powered by a short game. I mean, even the last two events, 10th and 33rd um, in his approaches as well. So there's definitely something there. And like you say, he can, his weaknesses is off the tee game. And that could be kind of negated here. Um, but before we go into the kind of DraftKings, the one other sort of selection is Alexander Bjork for me. Um, he's a guy that I look at him all the time. Like I always, and I probably am stuck in kind of, I think it was 2017 when he won. Um, he, he was just someone that really, really, I just liked to support. And he always kind of looked a little bit short in the, in the betting. Um, I think he was sort of overrated slightly towards the end of when I was looking at him. He won China in 2018, second at the British Masters. Um, he had that run in 2017 where he had second and third, one of those being at Hong Kong, which is one of the reasons I like him here. And But when you look at his course form as well, it is, I think he's had uh, 16th and a 28th either side of withdrawal. Uh, the withdrawal we shot at 68 before he pulled out. Not can't quite remember why he pulled out now, but he was eighth and 33rd in strokes gain approach as well. And if you look at his season so far, it's been a lot of steady golf and good finishes without any real flashes of brilliance. Um, and I just think that it's just a week they just need to put it all together. And, and this could really be the kind of course room to do that. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, find out what was back to back weeks almost where he was right there in the thick of things not all that long ago. Um, once deemed the best iron player in the world by the European tour when he led the statistic. Um, but yeah, a big fan of Bjork and, and hopefully that can get there. Cause yeah, he's got mega talent. Um, as we go down, DraftKings pricing literally just came out. So I'm going to have this pulled up here. Um, there are a couple guys that I want to mention as we go through, but I think we'll probably go. We'll start at 7,100 and go down. And we got, we'll run through a decent list of names here. So yes or no for me. Okay. Um, Marcel Seam, 7,100. Yes. Adrian Maroc, 7,100. No. No? I'm going to say yes. He played well last week. He um, did. Do, do you think that he's the type of person that can change his approach for this? Or do you think he's the one that can just kind of overpower it and make enough birdies? He has to be the latter to contend. I don't think he can change <laughs> Um, 7k flat Brandon Stone yes his ball striking week was absolutely ridiculous yeah you are terrible with the one word answers um, so if we go I'm just playing with you um, Hugo okay. Leon 7k flat uh, yes yep and, um, our boy Garrick Portia 6900 no I think he falls in that Morocco bucket probably as well um, Matthew Southgate, 6,900. No. Darius Van Driel, 6,800. Yes. Miguel Angel Jimenez, 6,800. No. Uh, one more 6,800. Maverick Ancliffe. Yes. I knew you'd like yes. that one. Uh, man, they, there's some cheap ones that are very much in play. If I say yes twice, does that count as two words or one? I'll count it as one for you. Um, let's see. Sammy Valamaki, 6,700. 
Jeez, Jesus. Yes. That's so cheap for him. Last time winner here, Sebastian Soderberg, 6,700. Yes. My selection, 6,600, Clement Sorday. Yes. You said he had a little bit of Hong Kong. Um, it does. Yeah, kind of correlation. Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, he's been very hot when it comes from the short game perspective. Um, and, you know, if you look into kind of his trending stats, I think, you know, again, kind of betting on, on something that maybe not the most predictable week to week, but two top, I guess, top 22 finishes for him. Um, I think that's a decent run. Um, Laporta, 6,500. Daniel Gavin, 6,400. No. Bradley Dredge, 6,400. Yeah. Where's my guy? Here it is. Matthew Baldwin, 6,300. Yes. Baldwin, strokes can approach last week. Believe second of the guys that teed it up at this field. Let me check here. He was, yep, Crocker first. Matthew Baldwin, 2.19 strokes gained per round last week after leading the ISPS as well in approach. Um, you know, he's somebody I think that I was very close to betting as well. Um, but I think at 6,300, you are stealing there. Um, another name gonna, that I I'm going to throw one to you, Scott yes. Henn. I never play Scott Henn. I'm going to say no. Throw me, throw, me a couple, throw me a couple more. Oliver Fisher, 6,300. No. Lorenzo Gagli. What's he been doing lately? Anything? Not a lot, no. no. <laughs> I like Gags. But he, he's, um, had a, he's had a second place finish here. Yeah, he almost snuck out of that playoff. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind Gagley. Benjamin Polk. Yes, I was going to say him. Um, let me pull this up. Thank you, Tom. Okay, so Benjamin Polk over the weekend, 67 68, 135 uh, strokes combined, which would have been the lowest two scores on the weekend. If you look at him from a five or the last 54 holes, Veerman beat the field by four strokes, but him and Baldwin would have been second, tied for second at 206 um, strokes for those three rounds. So, yeah, I think Polk is intriguing. First ever top 10 European tour last week. He's a winner of Q School, I believe. Yeah. I'm really bummed Q School is not coming back, man. I love yeah. European Tour Q School. I think that's that's about as low as I can play. We don't have any random AMs for me to to go for. I was really disappointed. I didn't have any. Um, I think it was Louise Duncan. Uh, Duncan was her last name in yeah. the Open Championship. She was spectacular. We didn't. We didn't have any kind of like Swiss golf. Pro there was a couple, I mean, there was a couple AMs, yeah, that played, you know, maybe mid AMs. I, I need Oscar Sanchez back in our life. But <laughs> if we're talking Oscar Sanchez, I think that is a bow on our show for the week here. We've yeah, gone yeah. through a good amount of the value plays, build it out. I appreciate everything, Tom. For you, if you look into your card, review it one more time for the folks at home. Yeah. So for me, it's Justin Harding. Um, he was kind of like 33 and 31. He might be down to 28. Uh, Sean Crocker, I think it's around the, the 40 to 1 mark. James Morrison with you at 1666 to one. Um, Alexander Bjork about 75, 70 to one. And Shabanka Sharma again with yourself at 100 to one. Awesome. Guido Migliazzi, we're coming right here, 35 to one. James Guido. Morrison, 60. Uh, Jax Krubic, 65. Lucas Biergaard, 100. 
Shemaka Sharma, 100. Shawan season, Kim, 100 to 1. Have a good week, everybody. Let's hit the board.